0: In the gym and in the car With our advice you could go far We fuck things up and we make mistakes And talk about our sexy dates We host events and go to clubs But most of all we're still in love it's getting hard for this to rhyme. Just as well, because it's bed hopping time. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Bed Hoppers podcast. My name's Mr. H. I'm Mrs. H. Thank you for joining us today. This is episode, and I wouldn't quote me on this, 154. Cool. Sounds right. Sounds about right, isn't it? About
1: right. It's I've got no idea. Finger in the
0: air, finger somewhere else. Finger where? Yeah, in the air. <laughs> and this is about right. 154 episodes in. Feels about right. Feels about right. And it is time to explore mm. some myths.
1: Yes, we're myth gonna go, busting. We're
0: gonna jump straight into it. For well, Mrs. H is excited about this one.
1: Oh, I'm allowed to be excited.
0: Well, occasionally, yeah. <laughs> so people have been talking to you, right?
1: Yeah, I've been going on my usual little mission of ranting and people throwing misconceptions out and me going out on a limb to address those myths.
0: Have you been like knocking on people's doors and be like,
1: hello? I'd like to tell you about this great
0: book of mine.
1: <laughs> the like, Book of Lifestyle. You sound like Book of Mormon now.
0: <laughs> that was exactly where I was going yes. with it. I'm glad that you reckon...
1: But I sounded more like I was in um, some weird sitcom.
0: <laughs> you normally do. That's wow. fine.
1: But no, I have I have been defending the, um, the world that we, we inhabit in a good way because... Defenders
0: of the swing.
1: Yeah, Defender. well, I get really fed up when... I get lots of myths and stereotypes thrown my way mm-hmm. due to mainly lack of education around the subject. Yeah. And I appreciate it's not the sort of subject we teach you in schools. Great. Right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but media perpetuates these myths and stereotypes and it doesn't do us any good, right? It, so well, when you no. hear one come your way, you, you feel compelled to gently correct them. Mm. So, gentle listener, <laughs> if this is your
0: first foray into the magnificent, incredible mm. world of swinging, and you've got so you you know you just want to find out a bit more about it, and yeah. you've got some preconceptions. Then this might be the episode for you. And gentle listener, if you're you've been around for a while and you just want to hear the sound of our voices, that's great. You'll win <laughs> automatically by default in this one. And if you come for sexy stuff, uh, you're probably not going to find it in this one. But. Yeah.
1: Not but so hopefully
0: we're going to have some fun and explore some stuff and you yeah. can shout along with us in disgust <laughs> at some of these filthy, filthy myths.
1: Well, just like a little meander through some swinging origins and things as oh, well. Oh, okay. Because it's all really quite interesting stuff. You say Where, that. where things come from, I'm right? To,
0: I don't know these questions. I don't know which myths you've dragged up. Well,
1: prepare up. to be amazed.
0: Mythically amazed.
1: Mythically amazed. <laughs> and prepare to bust some myths. All right. And yeah, let's just like take a little wander through the... A strange vernacular that exists well, around swinging
0: well busting does make me feel good so yeah. let, let's go with it yeah let's,
1: i'm gonna ask you lay all these down things.
0: a duff with your first <laughs> myth of the day
1: all right here's myth number one is this fact or fake all okay. right okay you're always at wild sex parties
0: i wish <laughs> <laughs>
1: Isn't your life just one big
0: orgy? It is not. In fact, I mean, I'd I'd go to first. I mean, this is false, clearly, I think. I think a lot of people may like that. And for some people, maybe that is their approach.
1: Where do you think this originates from? Why do people have this conception that we're always at it like some Roman orgy? (laughs) Well,
0: when you think about swinging, I mean, what is it about it? Part of it is about having sex with other people. And if people are so sort of into this lifestyle and singing its praises and always talking about it, yada, 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 then you can only assume that they're always at it. I think that that kind of, it perpetuates the myth because people in the lifestyle tend to want to evangelize it, to talk about it. Um, I mean, to certain people, they don't always want to tell everyone about it, but lots of people feel like they've got this great discovery that they want to share with everyone. So, and immediately they go to one of two places. They either go to the wow, look at this amazing sex party that I went to with all this stuff going on. This is the really good bit. Or you go to the fucking hell, we had this terrible meet Mm -hmm. and this is what happened. And it was a funny story. And I think, you know, you're going to remember both bits because the the funny story is a, oh shit. Oh my God, how did you deal with that piece? But the other one is a, wow, that's a bit hot. Oh, that's quite sexy. Let's, and, and that stays in your head. So I think when you go and talk to other people, that tends to be the way the conversation goes. Mm. Once you've got past the initial sort of 101 questions about, mm-hmm. you know, how do you cope with jealousy? How do you do this? How yeah. do you do, Who does what? Who sleeps with whom? How, you know, are you in the same right. rooms? Are you in different houses? Do you just send your wife? All this sort of stuff. Yeah. So all stuff. I, I think there is an element of truth to it. Like it, all, It can good be myths. one
1: big orgy if that's it what you're looking be. for and that's and what you some find. some
0: people's approach is very much to go out and fuck anything that walks and, Being an orgy every single day, and they don't care about the relationships, and they don't care about the fun times, and the networking, and the great sharing of stories, and all this sort of stuff. They just want to fuck people. But I I think I am fuck a lot of fuck town. (laughs) But I think the majority of of swingers, um, certainly the ones that I have encountered and spent time with, enjoy the relationships, enjoy the friendships, enjoy the dynamics, the finding out, the telling of the stories. As well as the sexy times, and often Uh it feels like the sexy times are just a bonus,
1: right? So maybe this um, stems from the fact that your your unorthodox sex life is significantly different to that of your vanilla colleagues. Maybe, yeah, I think. think And the only way it can be different is that they're just having regular sex with just themselves now and then, maybe, or maybe more and swingers are always just looking for the group dynamic and always it's off having sex with everyone.
0: Well I think there is something in in this because I mean often when you talk to people that are just in a regular relationship there's a there's a strong chance that they might be having some sex or little to no sex or, or, or very rarely is it lots of sex. And one thing the lifestyle has done for us certainly and done to other people that we've we've spoken to is that it does It can charge you up a little bit. It can make you excited. So actually, it's not always about the sex that you have with other people, but it's about how it inspires the sex that you have at home, your partner, assuming that you have a partner. Because some people can do this solo. But I think it is about, you know, people that tend to be in the lifestyle tend to have sex more with each other. Certainly from what I've observed, because... Not only are they going out and doing these sexy things and meeting sexy people, when you're talking about sex, when you're meeting people and talking about sex, when you're meeting other people and having sex with them, mm. it can't help but inspire you and make you feel sexy. Right. So you tend to go home and have more sex with your partner <laughs> or with yourself or with both. You and know? I
1: suppose statistically, if you are engaging in, in group sex activities, albeit on a scale of three or four or more, yeah. then maybe, yes, you are having sex with more people than you know, average Joe and his missus.
0: Well, yeah, because you've only got to have one orgy and you might You might have knocked already five or six sexes out in <laughs> one go. So uh, yeah, I guess statistically that, that, that is accurate. I, I think this, this is mostly false, but I think there is a kernel of truth to it. And I think when you look at the, the, the truth element, I, I think many people see the lifestyle so much more than, than just orgies and gangbangs yeah. and whatever. But mm. at the same point, those things do exist and people do go to them. So, but not every so you can't weekend. completely
1: bust the myth. There is an element of truth in there, but it's been wildly exaggerated maybe by media
0: perpetuation. Yeah, I think so. I don't have the energy to go to 10 orgies a week. Wait, what?
1: I've organised 10 for next week.
0: <laughs> if you've organised anything, I'll I'm be amazed. I'm going to get you
1: some LucasAid. Some Red Bull, maybe some Energy Sweets. No, I know this
0: is a lie because you'd it never give me lie, Red Bull. It is
1: a lie, a myth. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not going to give you Red Bull. Because my heart will explode, right? <laughs> it will. <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: At an inopportune moment. Other
0: energy drinks are <laughs> <laughs> available, apparently. <laughs> no. Oh, maybe.
1: <laughs> but Prime stuff, I don't know. Optimus you don't Prime.
0: Know, you don't know anything about energy drinks because you hate them all universally. I know
1: nothing, John Snow.
0: Well, that's true. Anyway, right. next, next next myth.
1: Next myth. Next myth. Right. You swing because you're in an unhappy relationship.
0: Well, this is 100% true for me. I mean, oh
1: my goodness. No. Wow. Okay. Wow. Just wow. 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 Wow.
0: Wow. Gosh. Wow. Gosh. No, this is not true. And I think one of the things I've sort of observed again is that for the most part, people are in pretty good relationships and for it to be a long-term sustainable thing I think your relationship has to be really rock solid and you have to be in it together. Assuming that you're doing this as a duo. Oh, you could right, be doing okay. this as a trio or whatever, but or as a single. But, yeah. but uh, taking the duo approach, I think most folks, well, for the most part, it enhances their relationship. It, mm-hmm. it,
1: At least that's the gold standard of what it should be, right? It yeah, it be brings them closer bringing together. Bringing something good to your relationship, not patching now, it up.
0: I do think that it, it may bring a spark to a relationship that that is lacking some spark, it can bring a level of excitement, of adventure, because not only are you getting to see other people, but you're going on an adventure together.
1: Mm.
0: And that is quite a powerful aphrodisiac, I think. Yeah, It's a powerful thing for your relationship, and it can charge you up. The flip side of that is, of course, that with all of these things, there is risk. And actually, you could go into this and be like, yay, this is going to be amazing, and it could destroy your relationship. Absolutely. Just as anything can destroy um, a relationship, but you see,
1: there's a risk attached to most things that you you choose to embark on, right? Of course, and it's a risk reward thing. So, I, I think
0: you can often sort of approach this in in several several ways. I think if your relationship was failing, I have heard and spoken to people where it has saved their relationship or at least extended it. And I think actually, on one of his, in one of his books, uh, Cooper Beckett. Upros Beckett, um, on his life in the swing set book, talks about his sort of bailing marriage, yeah. that, and extends that by a number of years by exploring the lifestyle together. Ultimately, that relationship does fade out. But equally, is that you know, if it extends a relationship, is it worth it? Is it worth a journey? Mm-hmm. It might be, and and certainly it seems to have worked for him. Ultimately, at the end. But I think. I would say, to most folks, I would say it is not a band-aid for a a, a failing or ailing partnership, marriage, whatever you want to call it. And I think the reason I say that is because it exposes so much of your honest feelings about things. It exposes so much about your approach and the way that you interact with other people speaks volumes about who you are. And sometimes your partner hasn't seen those aspects to you before. So actually, it can push them over the edge. It could mm. very literally show the bits that they really don't, didn't like about you but just didn't know existed. So mm. I, I would say it, it's, it's not a band-aid for a failing relationship, but equally it can be a really good means of jump-starting a relationship or creating some excitement. Mm. But tread carefully would be my,
1: mm. my take on this. Could breathe some life into something that is fundamentally all there. It just needs maybe a bit, bit of waking up.
0: Yeah. um, And we've had guests on the show and friends of ours and stuff where they've found themselves in a bit of a rut and they weren't feeling the sexy times all the times. And this has created a level of excitement that, that has actually reignited their own sex lives. Mm -hmm. And I think that that in itself is, is incredible because it means so much to you. Mm -hmm. It's It's brought people back
1: together again and and it's, it's helped, I suppose, reinforce those original bonds that were there and just needed a bit of a nudge again.
0: Yeah. So my take would be for the most part false, but with a bit of truth to it. Mm.
1: And it doesn't help, of course, it's, you know, documentaries about swinging <laughs> again, perpetuate that, that stereotype that uh, swingers are dysfunctional in some way, which well, hasn't helped.
0: You know, I think the first TV show that we did. that was Absolutely definitely did
1: that. It exposed people who were in dysfunctional um, situations and it, it it led us all to think that, oh, everyone who does this must have an unhappy relationship or, or a broken relationship. The thing is, though, I,
0: I didn't see it that way. And I think what, what the TV show was trying to do, at least I hope it was, was, was expose swingers as mm. people that, that are genuine humans. And we all have our own pasts, our issues, our hurdles that we've had to overcome. Um, and it does show that, you know, anyone can, can be part of it problem is, is when you show that everyone has a hidden backstory that is, that is traumatic or tragic in some way, that it does give you the context. it shows that makes you feel that the context is about people being all broken in mm. their lifestyle. And that's, that's really not the case. People might be kinky. They might like fun, sexy things. That might be the thing that unites us, but there's certainly not a trauma that sits at the heart of all of us.
1: Good. It's okay. Um, Moving on to the next one then. All right. And this one has some some facts in it too. So I'm gonna ask you what your um your opinion is. Okay. And then I'm gonna illuminate with some
0: facts. All right. Hit me with your myth of a stick. <laughs>
1: um okay. Uh, don't you just wife swap?
0: Uh no, I don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I get I, I got asked this recently. Okay. So uh, you right. you you're a swinger, don't you? Don't you just swap wives?
0: I think that is certainly again there is a kernel of truth to that as a myth. I think for some people that is their approach, but for the majority of people that we've met, that isn't their approach. I think you know it dismisses the level of bisexuality that comes into play here quite literally. I think it dismisses the friendships, the relationships, the um, adventures that you can create with other people. I think it breaks it down into a very basic, oh, right, you know, you go off into a room with another dude and I go off into a room with another girl and, and then we, we meet back up afterwards and, and sit down and have a cup of tea and it wasn't that wonderful, tea? Chaps? Yeah, or whatever. <laughs> uh, it, it, it breaks it down into such a basic concept. Mm, and I think I agree. for me, there's, there's so much more to it than just a an exchange. It's, you know, wives aren't a currency, you know, everyone has their own value, brings their own thing to the table, and is in it for their own experience if if it's the wife swap term I find so much more offensive than mm-hmm. swinging. Swinging at least has its origin origins in that sort of is you know, that the swinging sixties free love type Im- imagery. Uh-huh. And whilst it conjures up some some negative stereotypes, I think wife swapping feels so much more Ugh. it's very it takes all the emotion out of it. it takes all the fun out of it. So for me, I, you know, I don't think that's true mm. for most swingers.
1: Interesting. Okay. Um, and so if you were being asked at the, um, at, you know, at the water cooler and work, then so if you don't wife swap, what do you do
0: if you're a swinger? Do I do?
1: Mm. Well, what po- is it you swingers do?
0: Well, I'd point, point them to 154 fucking episodes of the podcast <laughs> and be like, learn it yourself. But, or but two, but wrap it up two in a TV sentence. D- okay.
1: Well, what, what is it you swingers do?
0: Okay, wrap it up in a sentence.
1: But for fucking, the, the uneducated person who has no, uh, no idea what swinging really is.
0: Okay, so I would say that as, as a couple, we go on adventures together that sometimes involve us having sex with other people. But for the most part, it's about us exploring our sexualities, making new friendships and bringing that excitement back into our own bedroom. That okay. was about three sentences, but <laughs> but succinct, yeah, 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 I would yeah. say. So, oh, it's mean, that knew. would be my emotive kind of response to it. I think there's, you know, I could I could create a whole podcast about it, which I have oh, really? done. Yeah, I
1: just about. <laughs> Chances are I wouldn't listen, though. <laughs>
0: and I know that. You barely take part. I mean,
1: <laughs> I think there is. Shots fired.
0: <laughs> shots fired and landed. I, I think, you know, the, the, the whole thing, if you were to explain it to people, me is a, I want, when we, for example, right, and I'm probably babble any further, and there's going to be a lot of babbling in this whole episode, I think, uh, you know, when we went on the, the last TV show, in fact, both TV shows, we really wanted to highlight the fact that it wasn't just about us fucking other people. Mm. It was about the amazing, incredible friendships that we've made, about the adventures that we've had together, about the benefits it's brought to our own relationship, be that being Charged in a sexual way, be that learning different things about each other, about letting you explore, for example, your sexuality, Mm -hmm. about letting me fuck other people. So there is that (laughs) bit of it, but about all of this stuff wrapped up into one thing, and some of it is about a secret adventure. I mean, it's not so secret now because we've.
1: But it started off. But it
0: started off as a as a naughty little secret, which was fun and exciting, and all of this stuff comes with it, you know, and I think. As, as well as that, I think I, I can't understate or overstate, should I say, the value of the, the friends and people who are so close to us. You know, there's people that we've met on the other side of the world that we still message pretty much every other day. Yeah. There's people that we speak to every day that, you know, our friends have be, you know, our lifestyle friends have become best friends, friends best friends, mm, you know, and I, 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 I think that's the bit that gets left out. But it's, it's a hard sell to do that. I think if you're trying to lure people in, you, you know, you come yeah. for the sex day for the friendships, you know, it's almost yeah. like, you know, that sort of slogan, really. Come
1: to our cult.
0: Yeah, one of us. One we're of sex
1: us. people. Have we
0: told you about the good book?
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're sex people.
0: We're sex people leading.
1: Well, now we've established that we're not necessarily just sex people. Yeah. Okay. We're not living out our lives in some Roman orgy. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, there's way more to swinging than just wife swapping. Yep. Cool. So what we do know, um, you know, because history tells us so, is that you know where does swinging really like originate from? Going way back, you know. So we're not we're not looking at literally what what we're living today, but how did it all start? Do we do we know more? Is about- in
0: the modern version or, or generally? Because I guess swinging as a concept. So if you go back into history, then there's it's been a variety of sort of points in history that have sort of where swinging or, or orgies or whatever have been acceptable going back to Roman right. times and beyond from a more modern perspective my understanding is that it dates back to I think World War I World War II with uh, Americans predominantly mm. um, going to different camps yeah and asking people to look after their wives yeah and by look after I use that term with with air quotes yeah. you can call me a douchebag for using air quotes but fine <laughs> and I believe this kind of is linked to the the use of the pineapple as well in the and and don't I'm, I've read this somewhere. For the life of me, I don't know where I've read it. So I could be just perpetuating a myth that I may made, made up in my head whilst drunk. But but <laughs> my take or my understanding of it is is that that with bases on Hawaii, mm-hmm. um, where this practice occurred in Hawaii, I believe the custom to to welcome people into your home is leaving a pineapple on your door. And I believe that the way that the American GIs signified that uh, they were part of this. Uh, a wife support network, Mm -hmm. for one of a better phrase, Mm -hmm. was to turn that pineapple upside down. And therefore the upside down pineapple became a symbol of modern swinging. Initially, I guess it would have been in that wife swapping, looking after your wife piece. But I guess that has grown in more recent times and has evolved throughout the swinging 60s, particularly when things like the pill were invented and meant that women were much more sexually liberated and were able to fuck other people.
1: Well, ten points to Gryffindor. Is that is that pretty? Uh... Um, that's, a, that's a really nicely uh, put together summary, really. Thanks. Um, and the reason I wanted to bring that up is because we talked a lot about why wife swapping was something that you know media perpetuates as that kind of stereotype, and mm. why people maybe who aren't uh, familiar with swinging and the you know the stuff that sits behind that, why people may then make an assumption that even now today. This is what swingers do; they just swap wives because that's kind of where history has stemmed from. Although people may not know all that, so essentially, yes, you're correct. It's swinging; it originated. I
0: just want to point out that I have no notes in front of no, me. No, I know I have you not Nothing you in front of me. You are an educated man. I know this. Then. I know this.
1: But I wanted to fact check your your fact. Did you? Did you? Was it correct? <laughs> and I, and I, I knew I knew this as well. Um, again, I wanted to just fact check some of that because I just wanted to make sure we weren't peddling some more myths, as you say. But you're correct. Yes. It, it originated in the fifties in America. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was with um, American Air Force. Um, the, the swapping of wives originated from the, the co-marriage that they kind of entered into when they wanted people to look after their wives, as you say.
0: Yeah. I think what, I, what, what I'll what i add to that is one of the big sort of problems with the myth of all this is actually media. And I think, you know, if we look particularly towards this sort of Sixties, seventies, not so much. I, I think with the 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 eighties, mm-hmm. but television, particularly in the UK, was a certain breed of comedy that mm-hmm. sort of looked at this sort of almost regular house stuff that kind of perpetuates some of these myths. Things like uh, "Are you being served?" Faulty Towers, things of that era, mm. and perhaps a bit before that, kind of made a laughing stock. Out of swingers, which I think tainted a large chunk of the generation. So as us growing up being brought up on many of those comedies, you know, the, I think there's a line even in, um, in stereotypes by Blur, wife swapping as the future, you know, that mm. it would suit you something to that effect. I think there is this sort of quintessentially British means of this whole th- thing, no, take discounting the Americanism yeah, yeah. Out, out of it, kind of it's come through in those sort of, light comedies that have made a mockery of so many lifestyle choices, so many things like the LGBTQ plus community made mm. a mockery of that and, and uh, race. Um, and, you know, I think swingers in a way, it's, it's, a, it's a choice in terms of the way that you approach your life, you know, you, but along the fringes of, of those sorts of topics, it has been universally lumped in and laughed at. And I think if you look at a more modern equivalents, there's very few good swinger bits of media that I would recommend that aren't porny necessarily. So things like Playboy Swing, great as a sort of tool mm. to, you know, oh, look, there's some fucking going on. But also you might learn something. But actually as inherently a... Inherently porny, yeah. Inherently porny. As a film or a TV show that, that, that talks about this, that shows the benefits in a really positive way that shows perhaps drama, but that a positive outcome is possible. There's very, very few and far between. And even down to more modern films, there was a swinging film that was fucking terrible, Swinging Holiday or whatever it was, that we watched, and it was just awful. What I will say, actually, is that swinging seems to be taken slightly more seriously in foreign countries. So I believe we watch some films that are in French mm-hmm. and some films that are Spanish or Mexican mm-hmm. that actually tackle the t- topic perhaps you know still in a lighthearted way so things like uh, Game of Keys Yeah. It's not perfect, but it's certainly a much more positive look at things than the the old school comedies that have that we've grown up with. So I think there is a generally general sweeping movement towards better quality stories. But I still don't think we're at a point where the media represents it as well as I'd like so that you can watch and go, ah, actually, this, this can yeah. be something that's beneficial. This can be something good rather than something that's like a, a laughing stock.
1: Mm. And also, I think sometimes, <clears throat> you know, the, the TV representation of non-monogamy can, again, do it in a, a bit of a, a negative, toxic way, because what it can do is make a drama out of the things that can go wrong. We, yep. You know, it's, no, it's not a bad thing to to sort of showcase what can go wrong if you don't treat it with the credence it deserves to to make sure you do things right. But also, it's a shame again that the airtime it gets can be misconstrued as a negative thing because they're showing the bits that have gone wrong and creating the drama. Well,
0: this is the thing: half the stories seem to be couple tries swinging,
1: mm, couple of <laughs> well, you know,
0: they either enjoy it for a bit and then it goes wrong disastrously. One of them falls in love with somebody else. The relationship sort of goes wonky and they get back together mm. again at the end. Mm-hmm with a view of non-monogamy is absolutely locked away in a cupboard. And I think what we need is a couple try non-monogamy. It goes, okay, there might be some wobbles, and there might be some interesting, fun stories to tell out through that episode or film or whatever. But at the back of it, they go, actually, this has really enhanced our lives, and we're great, and we're all happy now, and we're still doing it. But <laughs> tonight those, we're going to tell the kids. <laughs> well, yeah, those things don't necessarily exist. And I think Part of that is because there's no drama in it, but apart, the other thing is, is to recognise is that because not everyone is in this, because this is a minority thing that people do, there is a freak show element to it. There is a look at what they do. It's the you know the old Sun page six or whatever it might. I don't know what the Sun's got on pages these days. It's been years since I looked at it, but it's that naughty story titillation. Mm.
1: Uh,
0: this is what's it's you know it's still that.
1: Yeah. I get that completely. So, all right, going back to our, our swinging origins, then yes. So we've we've established that it is actually based in fact this one because yes, it did originate originally from some reciprocal, yeah. um, wife swapping kind of exchange mm-hmm. that, that originated sort of in the military, um, and that from that it kind of then became, um, a thing as it moved into the sixties and as you said the swinging sixties and then into the seventies when it became sexy, retro 70s parties, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So we've kind of gone through that one, that, that myth I think thing.
0: There is also something about not wanting to do what your parents did. <laughs> you know, I mean, not to say that your parents are swingers, but when you look at people of, yeah. uh, that you go, ah, oh, they were in their prime, the 70s, that wasn't cool. We'll be much cooler than that when we're adults in the 90s or the 2000s or whatever it might've been.
1: When you say that but 70s uh, retro is, is very in again
0: it's, well, you yep. know, people
1: are actually trying to emulate the, the sort of easy cool sexiness that the 70s seemed to evoke because actually looking back it was pretty fucking cool sometimes you know we've watched films and gone oh wow that's so retro I love it and, <laughs> and it, it can be if you kind of give it a modern twist then the 70s really did have a lot of sort of effortless sort of style you know but we well, you know I've, I know it i really like those sunken pits with fondue and cushions everywhere and it does oh, nice i like it <laughs> are you thinking of
0: that film with carly <laughs> yes, it again yes that's what i thought <laughs> yeah
1: but i really loved it all right and when you think about you know bars these days there's there's tons of bars which have like a 70s vibe you know like retro don't they? Yeah,
0: there, i think you know every period is is kind of idolized in in, in many mm. ways apart from the immediate one that's just gone there's, there's always like, <laughs> oh, we don't like that anymore. We want the thing that happened before it. The 90s, they were cool. Yeah, well,
1: you know me. I'm always trying to bring back the 80s. I
0: know, exactly. You know, right. I love the 80s. Next myth. Next myth.
1: Next myth. Right, okay. Uh, let's have a look. You're just bi to please your fella.
0: <laughs> well, I am certainly not... Not you, fine. Not bi. I'm just talking about is...
1: something that someone has said to me. Okay. All right, let's, let's flip it around. You're, you're just bisexual to please your partner. That's,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think for some people this this may be true, and we've encountered Mm -hmm. people that certainly certainly do this. And I think you've been woefully upset Mm. at the concept, and and um, it's like a an inverse turn on for you. You know, everything goes drier (laughs) than the Sahara, does it? (laughs) I think some people that may well be the case. I think for the vast majority of people, um, they enjoy their bisexuality and the freedom that swinging gives them. The opportunity to explore is so important, and I think. Quite often, people don't discover the bisexuality or even the sexuality until later on in life. You know, social norms condition us to believe one thing. And if you go through all your life believing that and, all, and you think, oh, it would have been nice to explore that looking back. Why didn't I do this when I was younger? Actually, swinging gives you the opportunity to explore some of that later on in life. Mm-hmm. And I think for many people, that brings them a huge amount of joy. And the amount of people that we've met that didn't realize that they, they might enjoy playing with other women, if they're a woman or mm-hmm. guys that enjoyed playing with other guys until they've, they've, they've come into this experience is, is, is crazy. And I think without this, they, they might never have known. And that's really quite a, a, a sad thing. So I, you know, I, I think whilst that may have a, a, an element of truth, I think for the, again, for the vast majority of people, this presents an opportunity to explore the sexuality and to, to See how they feel about interacting with other people, and I, I think that's absolutely fantastic. I wouldn't change that for the world. And I know that you certainly don't play with women for to, to turn me on because I get nothing from it. You know, I, I you know, you sat there. You're for, more
1: likely to go to a separate room well, than watch me do that. Well,
0: I think this is almost true. It's like, what's yeah, a, what's, you
1: don't go out of your way to watch it because he didn't doesn't really do anything for no, you. I,
0: nothing is happening to me, therefore I'm not interested. <laughs> but I, I, there is a there is the thing about that, and there's. Granted, there are not many people that are like me that get absolutely nothing from it. Often, it is the, the, the women that don't want to watch their men playing with other men.
1: Mm-hmm. I know this
0: isn't true of you. You'd
1: no, no, You'd give your right
0: testicle to, for me to play with another man, which is a confusing statement in itself. Give your right testicle? <laughs> no, mm. they're staying firmly where they are. Thank you very much. <laughs> but, you know, I think often it is women watching their man play that they don't tend to like that so much. I'm not saying that's everybody. No. I know there's obviously, that's a sweeping generalisation, but but I'd say it's probably over 50% where the women don't really care for what the men are doing, which is probably why I reckon that you, you get so many hot wives where the ah. men are get mm. turned on about watching their wives do yeah. things or hear about and them do things. No... But the vice versa yeah. tends to be a lot rar- rarer, mm. or a lot more rare. So I, I think, honestly, I, I think it's really helped our relationship and that you've been able to explore your sexuality and, and have fun with ladies. I think it's irritated me and that I'm still waiting for you to finish with with them before I can play with them. Like It's like, come on, you've been playing Sonic the Hedgehog for 45 fucking minutes. It's my go now. Let me have a turn on the games machine. For lots of people, it's probably the same in that they enjoy their partner playing with somebody. They They see it as an opportunity for them to explore their sexuality without breaking their Relationship vows or contracts or whatever it is that they've mm. got. So yeah, I mean, what's your take?
1: So yes, I I get extremely annoyed, vexed when when people um, suggest maybe that I'm doing this is a, a people pleasing move.
0: Let's put on a show for our oh, boys. My
1: goodness me, yeah, that's that's really insulting to not only the, the partner that I'm playing with, but me because I, I mean that's that's just a really. Selfish way of looking at it, anyway. You know, it's not even an authentic experience if you're going to be pretending to do something just so you're pleasing someone else. It's just really not nice. And and no, you're you're correct. It's it's not something that I would even consider. And I can generally tell if someone is not necessarily open to you know playing with someone of the same sex, Mm -hmm. and I would never ask them to do that if I didn't think they were comfortable with it. Except so, for me,
0: where you keep pushing me up against penises, not. just in the hope that I'll pop it into my mouth. Oh
1: no, you tripped over the penis.
0: It fell into your mouth.
1: <laughs> What's going to happen? I do not. I would never do that. No,
0: I know. No. The amount of times I've woken up with a cock in my mouth with wow. you standing there pushing it in there, though, mm, no
1: frightening. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No. <laughs> no. So yes. All right. I'm, we're going to explore um, a symbol. Ooh. i want to segue slightly yeah. so we've been talking about the 70s and mm-hmm. i think that's kind of where we 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 ended the little swinging journey of origin um, and so synonymous with the 70s is very much pampas grass is it it is
0: was it popular in the 70s particularly
1: <laughs> so i'm gonna ask you then why you think pampas grass is um is is something that people identify with swingers
0: I've never understood the pampas grass thing. I it, it's beyond,
1: fascinating, isn't it? It's I,
0: where does that come from? I think maybe it comes from a certain style of house, or maybe there's a level of wealth or something associated with it. I don't know.
1: Well, I knew a little bit more about it. Yeah, yeah done I've, some re- you've I've done, done, some done some basic research. research. Do you know what? It's actually really, really hard to find actual facts about it. Okay. Everything you kind of research about it tends to take you down this spurious pathway of, oh yes, if you've got pampas grass in your garden, it must mean you're a swinger. That's the article. Brilliant. Okay. (laughs) But where does that come from and why? Um, It just seems to be this ridiculous, again, media fuel perpetual myth that that's what you did. Pampas grass just signifies that. So did a little bit of background on Mm -hmm. this and I have found some interesting origins to it. So originally... Pampas grass was introduced to California by sailors of okay. clipper ships, and this was during the Gold Rush in 1872. So this is as far back as I found the actual introduction of pampas grass.
0: Okay, this is pampas grass. This is your life.
1: <laughs> so and that was the seeds of pampas grass. Okay, I see we did there. Um, and then this chap called Joseph Sexton actually imported those seeds. Don't you? Don't you? imported the seeds. Argentina and then started growing plants. Okay. It's really interesting so far. It's actually going way back further than I thought. And then as those plants then became, um, much sought after because they were, um, you know, quite, quite ferny and grand and, you know, they they look quite impressive. Mm -hmm. They started being used more frequently in things like parades and then circuses and fairs. And they started appearing in hats of Victorian era sort of ladies and things. So it became this kind of grandiose of oh, symbol of wealth. See, well, there you go, see? So you weren't actually that far off when you said that. Oh, I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, I know. <laughs> um, and so then in the 70s, obviously, this then became um, some a commodity that people could afford to kind of plant in their gardens and what have you. And then it you know it grows quite prolifically and actually it's quite damaging to a garden if you have lots of it. So I think at that point it then overwhelmed gardens. And it was everywhere, in households and things. And then it went quiet for quite a while. And then it resurfaced again in media and it came back up again in 2011 when Mariella Frostrup bought a, a house that had a balcony with pampas grass on and mistakenly Decided it was a link to her being a swinger, and it all blew up in the media again. And the media had a field day with it, and they were like, "Oh my goodness, if you have pampas grass, it must be you, a swinger." And it died down again, and then now back in sort of where are we now twenty twenty three, it's kind of creeping back into the media again. I've noticed.
0: It's an interesting one. It does seem mm. to come around every every now and then. And I think it's one of those. Oh, look at the ten signs that you're a swinger. Yeah. I think there may be an element where it's quite tall, and if you had it around your garden, it might sort of Mm. hide the views, I suppose. But, I know, it's one of those ridiculous ones. And I I know that, you know, when we first started our journey into the lifestyle, I don't know why everyone hates journey. It's become such a weird thing because journey was cool a while ago. (laughs) But anyways, like, you know, every time we saw pampas grass, I must take a picture next to it. Ah, look at us. And even then,
1: we, even though we didn't know much about non-monogamy as it stood, you know, when we first started off on the fringes of all this, we did know what pampas grass meant because media tells us, Oh, Pampas Grass. Swingers. It's always
0: been something you've said. So I, I, I <laughs> Yeah think, but I
1: haven't made that up. Again, I've seen it. <laughs> this
0: must come from some sort of light seventies comedy. <laughs> I I it must be like sixties, seventies <laughs> comedy. Cause those things are in your brain from being being a child. So I reckon that there must have been a joke about, I don't know, keeping up appearances. Or I know that's a bit later on or something like I that. I don't know. And, and that's where you got it from. Anyway, next, next yeah, myth. Okay. Let's move away from so Pampers that, Quest.
1: That's, that's one of the symbols I was, okay. was going to ask all right. about. So, okay. okay. We'll go back to another myth.
0: Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, all
1: right. So, next myth. Uh, swingers have multiple partners. Well. <laughs> well, again, sweeping generalisation. But this is, again, <laughs> something that someone has said to me that Strucker called me and said, oh, you must have Multiple partners then. Well well yes, technically. if <laughs> But you're... does it have to be? You well, could just well, have one extra partner. But
0: that's then you've got multiple partners. You've got the one at home All right. and the other one.
1: Uh, many partners then.
0: Okay. That's different. Many, many partners. Multiple is you know.
1: Yeah. Lots lots of
0: partners. Use your language, dear. Use your language. Mm. And I think I mean that, that doesn't necess- that doesn't have to be true. I think it can be true. I think Some it depends on your approach. And everyone goes into this with a different approach and what works for them. And, you know, like, now the world don't move to the beat of just one drum. And, you know, what might be right for you may not be right for some, because it does indeed take different strokes. And I think this is the thing. Everyone has their own way of doing this, but sort of generally there's there's a couple of approaches to to this and that Some people like to go in and go full on at it and fuck anything that walks, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to slip trip and fall on a dick and that's (laughs) their thing. Other people like to build relationships and get to know people and have multiple um, visits and whatever with with the same couples. Some people like to find new people every week. Some people don't even want to know your name. Some people like driving out into a field and turning on the headlights and opening Mm -hmm. up a window in a car. (laughs) Feels horrible.
1: Is that the noise they make yeah, when you wind the window down? Depending on
0: what goes in your mouth. You know, not to yuck anyone's yum, but that is not for me. I think broadly, most people like to build relationships and like to have... A connection? A connection and build friendships. Certainly within our sphere and experience, the people that we've mm. sought out have, have taken that approach. But equally, we know of people that will, will do the dogging thing or that will go to a club every night and just fuck anything, mm. and that's what they want. So I think, I mean, sometimes you're going to end up with multiple partners, and I guess it's that definition of, is that any more partners that you'd have if you were single? Yeah. For example, is that a bad thing? Is that a good thing? It might be that you just have, you know, you find another couple, and, and that's all, you, that's that's all you who you learned. play with, mm. because you're comfortable, that's where your comfort line is, or it might be that you go to... Massive orgy and then you knock up the multiple partners in one night. I think
1: never again. And never
0: again. So I think, I think there is a truth to it. And again, I think people do. The chances are, if you're swinging and in this lifestyle, you're going to have multiple partners. Whether you'd have many would be down to your approach, your availability, the childcare that you can get, the amount of money that you can throw at the problem, what you're prepared to accept, whether you're choosy, whether you're doing it for A connection, whether you fancy them or whether you, you know, it could be that your approach is 100% any hole's a goal. That could be your thing. Mm. And if that's your, that's your approach, then you're probably going to have many partners or you're going to seek to have many partners, whether you're successful on it is, Mm. it's down to you. So I I think, I think there is more truth in this myth than there are than than most of the others. But at the same point, it wouldn't be the way that I would necessarily approach it myself. Mm. Equally, if you look at, the amount of people that we've played with over the last year mm-hmm. it's not it's not a super high number but it's not a small number either
1: no so i think i think my response might well be okay so um so what if i do have multiple partners it, it's if i was single if i was i would still have multiple partners yeah <laughs> the fact that i'm in an ethically non-monogamous relationship doesn't doesn't make it a bad thing that i have multiple partners
0: no i, I agree there is, there is the whole conversation about whether, well, what does it mean if and you've as long got as lots I'm of people, safe as long as I'm safe, does it really matter? And you minimise your risks. You're probably mm. safer than the people that are just having one night stands right. anyway. Cheating or whatever it might mm. be. So I, I don't think it particularly matters. But again, I think when you're looking at it from, from the average Joe Soap, who's not part of this lifestyle, may have been may have had some fun in their teens and has now settled down. it's It's a very different perspective. And it's not... It's not an immediate one that they're going to grasp unless you have a proper conversation about it.
1: Uh, yeah. All right. Ready for the next one? Yeah, go on. You're a swinger. That must mean you've all got STDs. I'm
0: riddled, mate. Riddled. <laughs>
1: next me. Yeah. And
0: unlike Mister Burns, I've got so many that you um, sir
1: are correct. They keep them all <laughs> in balance. I think I'm a walking petri dish.
0: <laughs> Again, I think this 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 falls into very much two camps and. There are people that, that, to which protection means very, very little. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the sad and awful things, I think, about the lifestyle. I think there are some that don't ask about your test dates, that don't get tested, that don't use protection, that go bareback, that spunk in other people, all this stuff.
1: Morally reprehensible activities. I,
0: I find this morally reprehensible. I agree. I find this to be a dangerous activity and I find that you you are not taking the safety of your play partner seriously. And for that, that to me is abhorrent. Mm. I think, I think that, you know, it, it's no different to people who go out on sort of one night stands and get people pregnant. I mean, that's the other thing, isn't it? Like the, the risk of getting someone pregnant is, is there the risk of passing on stuff to other people, things that can literally kill you. And People go around doing that with other people. So, I think for the vast majority of people, actually, no, not for the vast majority. For a good chunk of people, okay, they really care about testing. They really care about using protection. They really care about their play partners, and they want to make sure they are safe and that their own partners are safe as well. Mm. I think in the UK, we get asked less about testing. We, we hear less about testing, despite the fact that it's free. Mm. Um, and it's very rare for play partners to, to mention testing to us. Um, often we're the ones that will mention it. Um, but it, it is an interesting thing. And I think, I, I don't know whether that's a cultural thing, because certainly when we've gone to the States and even Australia, people were keen to know when we were tested, what we were tested for. Um, they didn't ask for a screenshot of it or whatever, but they certainly were keen keen to know or have some level of assurance, even if they didn't see physical evidence that that was the case.
1: Mm, okay. And
0: often they post their last test results results on the, mm. you know, tested last tested twentieth of April or whatever it might be. You get that very little in the UK, and I think there are certainly people that that do test, and there are certainly people that do take this stuff seriously. I think most people tend to use protection. Most people tend to be quite aware of of the fat, of the risks.
1: Mm-hmm. Certainly, in the circles that we move in, yeah. My my, my experience has always been positive. <laughs> oh God, that's the wrong thing to say <laughs> in this context. Been I mean, a very good, positive thing. <laughs> 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 and and generally speaking, if you know, I'm I'm very reassured that my play partners are safe. But I, I I know what you mean. And and the fact that someone even would ask the question, aren't swingers riddled with STDs, Tells me that somewhere there is you no. know, there there is a not so great There is a not um, so great element element of that or view that and swingers are riddled.
0: It's interesting because <laughs> I was looking on Twitter today, right? No. Yeah, I know. It's me not. on Twitter is a it's a rare thing if you don't follow us, please <laughs> come and follow us. It's uh Bed UK. Um don't follow the fake account that we can't seem to get rid of. They're out there somewhere.
1: Oh, I've got don't. 38
0: followers. I know. Most of them are friends, though. I rather strange. <laughs> However, so I was looking on Twitter and there was another podcaster out there. Yeah.
1: No.
0: Yeah, another podcaster Shut the out phone there.
1: Door. Another and one.
0: It was very clear in the content that they were showing that they were not using condoms.
1: Oh. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. And, and
0: I don't know whether that's because what they're doing is um, down, and I won't name them, is down to. That maybe they before we know they've been tested and this is all like a, you know we have to test before we, we can play. Mm-hmm. But my assumption is that that's not going on here, and and I think if you're an average Joe soap, you might listen to their podcast, you might look at their Twitter, and you might go, oh good god, mm-hmm. they are playing without condoms.
1: Is that what all swingers do? <laughs> is that yeah?
0: Is that what's acceptable? Mm-hmm. And to me, I think as content producers and his people that are helping new folks and, you know, do help new folks. We do, we get a lot of contact from people who are interested and want to know how to start and all this sort of stuff. I think it is morally reprehensible to, to not talk about this stuff and not show that information. So great. If you're, if bareback is your thing and that's absolutely what we're doing and that, by the way, that means no condom. That's absolutely fine. But I think as a content producer, particularly if it's about a podcast about swinging, you should be talking about condoms or testing a lot more frequently and putting mm. that information there so that new folks can understand that this is not acceptable to go into a meet and have a condom and not. Mm. And most people bring condoms, they bring lube, you know, all this sort of stuff. We've not encountered anyone that's brought a, a dam yet. No, but we haven't. But, or or, no. or given blowjobs with a condom on. I don't think that's no, happened. But I, I think everyone looks at the risks and everyone kind of makes a judgment yeah. on what's acceptable and what Agreed. feels right to them. And I think condoms have been the absolute bare minimum in, in pretty much every experience we've had, I think.
1: Not a bareback minimum.
0: No, exactly. <laughs> exactly that.
1: Wow. Go okay, then. Yeah. Right. Well, I do have a couple more.
0: Do you? Yeah. Go for it.
1: All right. Now, swingers are old and creepy.
0: Yes, some are.
1: <laughs> you know what? It's... Well, we're not old and creepy. No, we're well, just I'm, old. I was going to say, wait, I'm. Uh, I'm you're getting... old. I'm creepy. <laughs> oh, is that our new names? Our new, name? that, is our that, new uh, monikers? Yeah.
0: Welcome to the old and creepy I'm old, show.
1: You're creepy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I I think that this this lifestyle can be pretty much for anyone. Now, there's some caveats that I'm going to add to this because. It's important to know that not everyone is going to find everyone attractive. Right. But in terms of age, I think it can run all the way from 18 in this country all the way up to 99. Oh, my God. It's possible, right?
1: That would definitely put you in the old category. It would
0: definitely put you. But but that could be a thing, right? Yeah, I agree. And I think everyone in between could take part in this lifestyle in some way Mm -hmm. or other. Okay? Yeah. Now... You could be, I think the vast majority, probably for between like 35 to 55. Right. That's the, va- that's like the yeah, core okay. age range. You get younger, you get older, but mm-hmm. broadly that's where the most that's people, your demographic that's mostly is, yeah. where the demographic ends up. So in terms of the, that's the age thing. Mm-hmm. I don't, and I think, you know, old doesn't necessarily equate to creepy. And I think <laughs> one of the things, but this is true. So when we started, we, we had age limits on, on who we played with. And I think we, we met people that were over that age and did play with them because we found them hot and they were fun and good people. But I think there is a... At the, at the end of the day, you do have to find people attractive. And this is the thing when it comes to the creepy part, right?
1: Maybe they mean crepey.
0: Creepy, Really, really <laughs> like thin Cre- pancakes. Creepy paper. <laughs> creepy paper. <laughs> um, so I like the way we both went with a different crepe reference, which is very <laughs> yeah. nice. So when it comes to creepy, I think there is a... There is an approach, particularly that people associate with single guys in a club, like mm-hmm. the zombie shuffle wankers that yeah, just follow you around. Creepy. Where they have got no sense of um, boundaries. boundaries. Mm-hmm. That can be creepy. Mm-hmm. And I think people can be weird, and their approach can be weird. Their approach can be full on. Not just the single guys, everybody. Lechy. Lechy people. Mm-hmm. You can find people that are like that. You can find people that are stalky. I mean, we've had messages from people that are like, hey, you live
1: at this house. People who touch you without consent. Yes. That would be, for me, Creep. creepy. That is very creepy. But cre- not necessarily and, combined with old. <laughs> yeah. So I think
0: there's, there's all sorts of human behaviour that, that can be found out there. And this is one of the things about the lifestyle is that it's like going to Tesco or whatever. You get every walk of life in there. And the vast majority of people are going to be eh, humans, right? Mm-hmm. One or two are going to be creeps. One or two are going to be weird. One or two, you know, there's always mm-hmm. going to be a few people bad ones. And I say this a lot about Fab Swingers, which is, is the sort of biggest site in the UK right at the moment. And because it has the biggest number of people, it also has the biggest number of jerks, the biggest number of weirdos, <sighs> the biggest number of strange ones, of biggest number of dick pics being sent, the biggest number of single guys, because it has the most. And the bigger the site, the more that you get of this and the more you have to shift through as a result of it. So I think think it is a little bit of, it is just life and that you will encounter creepy people. I think you will encounter them. It depends what you consider creepy, but you can minimize your exposure to those people. So for example, on Fab, you can set various sort of settings on your, you know, who can send you a message. You can choose the club nights that you're going to go to.
1: I haven't found a creepy filter yet. No, but maybe if they're listening, they should put one in there. Maybe turn off creepy filter.
0: Yeah, maybe or turn on creepy <laughs> filter. So, and you, you can set your night by choosing where you go and what night you go on and looking at what's going to be on them that night. So mm-hmm. if single, if you find single guys to be a bit creepy, then just don't go on a night where single guys are going to be there. And that's not to say, and I, I really want to stress this, not not every single guy is creepy. That's obviously no, not no, the case. No, Of
1: course not. That is a generalization. But it's a
0: generalization and that where we felt the most uncomfortable, there has been evenings where the single mm. guys have had no boundaries at all. I would agree. And that wasn't that was in a club and that wasn't measured in any sort of mm. you know they weren't controlled in any way and they didn't have any expectations on how they should behave. What I will say is that good behaviour is recognised in the lifestyle. I'm thinking if you behave like a good human being and you treat people with respect, you ask for consent and you're honest and open and genuine, then people will like you a whole lot more. And that's so much more important than anything else. Does mm. help?
1: Yeah, it does. Thank cool. you. So, um, there's two more things. I'm just going to ask you to give me some background on if you know. See if okay. You know. All right. Um, one of them, I think you probably covered a little bit, but where does the origin of the pineapple symbol stem from?
0: Yeah, I, I believe it's the hospitality the thing. Hospitality. Right? It's the Hawaiian thing. It's uh, it means like welcome to the house or uh, very like hospitable.
1: Very hospitable. <laughs> and, and what if it's upside down in a trolley?
0: In a trolley, it means mm. that, that you you're shit at packing trolley. your shopping really.
1: Not me. I am expert.
0: Yeah, I know because I'm Tetris level. I'm not allowed to pack the no, trolley. No, you're not. I'm only allowed to hand and fetch the goods.
1: I mean, if I, if you had a pineapple in in the shopping trolley, I would not let you pack that.
0: No, I know you wouldn't. There would be a specific order to which you would put it in. Maybe that's how
1: it happened then. Some, <laughs> some unerring husband put it upside down in the wrong shopping bag. <laughs> I
0: th- well, I think the thing is about the shopping, trolley think. I mean, initially, I mean, as I've said, I think it stems from Hawaii and the t- sort of traditional welcome to a house. Turning it upside down was a symbol of, of you know, being part of this mm-hmm. uh, wife support su- system. And I think people have said, hey, turn yours upside down and it'll be a thing. Much like the like the whole black ring, someone somewhere said, "Hey, Ah, wear a black ring." At some point, that's my
1: second one. So you've just segued. I've just segued
0: nicely into it. Okay, so the the pineapple. So you
1: can cover the black ring as well.
0: I can cover both. Yeah, why not? So the pineapple thing in supermarkets is just—it's just—and
1: is it an extension then of just um, an urban? Yeah, it's an
0: urban myth, and I think it's a bit of a swingers having a joke. And I think there's, they, there is a... The Turn pine- it
1: three degrees to the left. Yeah. I, I, it, <laughs> Snip the first three leaves off.
0: It is one of those things where I think uh, the community is very strong and they like sharing pictures and they like having fun. Mm. And I think, oh, the upside down pineapple is a symbol of this. Or maybe you put it on your trolley. And then they seem, everyone seems to have adopted, especially in the last three or four years, the pineapple is the symbol of, of swinging.
1: The international swinging symbol. It is. I think and it is on everything, That's fine, it?
0: and And the, Curious thing is that pineapples seem to have become popular around about the same they time. They really do. So it's easy to get hold of pineapple things. Yeah. So I think you know, there's probably like a marriage of convenience in this. If everyone went right, okay, the international swinger sign is a leopard. It'd be Ooh. yeah, it'd be like everyone be going ah, oh, let's get some leopard print and let's get like <laughs> leopards outside our house. It's just whatever.
1: I mean, it extends to flamingos as well. Well, there's, there's a little bit of um, stuff uh, around, not much, but it is a little bit. No, no,
0: no. I think this stems from the sort of Miami flavor of sort of lawns and tiki and pineapple and the the natural link to flamingos via that way. I think that's, that's like, I'm calling bullshit on that. (laughs) Um, The black ring thing, I think, so I think a while back, Someone tried starting this as a thing. Now, whether they started doing it as a, oh, we're all on a cruise, if you're a swinger, wear a black ring, probably a cruise because like, you know, you're in amongst people, you're in a you know, group of people. Mm. And maybe some of you are swingers and some of you are not, whatever. Probably an interesting way to identify it. Or it would have been someone trying to make a fucking buck. Right? Like, hey, if we sold jewellery that identified you as a swinger, because there's tons of these fucking people out there. We've got a necklace with the swinger symbol on it. You could buy it too. And if you wore your swinger necklace, then everyone knows secretly, because not everyone knows the symbol, that you're a swinger. Oh, by the way, it's only 62 99 <laughs> in five different installments. And you also get a copy of Wish magazine. You know, at the end of- it's, I think it's, it's a combination. It's got to be that groups of people tried this, or maybe like one localized club went, oh, wouldn't it be great? You know, it's like a, it's like a pub conversation, right? Wouldn't it be great if we had a way of telling who was a swing and who wasn't. We've got apps. No, 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 not one apps. Just when you're walking around, but we've got apps. No, no, no. This would be great. It'd be something on your hand, like a bracelet or a r- ring. What if it was a black ring? Cause black is you know, you can get a cheap black ring and they went, cheap black yeah. And they went, but what about the apps? And they went, no, 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 ring, <laughs> ring. And then someone else overheard and they went, necklace. And it, I think this is what happened. And then <laughs> they were like, oh, we could make some money from this. You but we, yeah, <laughs> we could sell black rings because it's easy to get a ring cover if you want uh-huh. or a, a replacement ring on the cheap if it's black, like some onyx. Or I don't know what's cheap. Um, I don't know my stones very well, clearly. But and then someone went, <laughs> you know, we could sell these things, make a quick buck as well done and that's what's happened it's got to be that because there's no <laughs> there isn't this is the thing with fucking swinging there is no council of swingers or like council of ricks right oh
1: you're not a member of a high council of swingers?
0: no no i am not a member of the Babe, did you
1: not get them no
0: i did not get... i sit
1: on the committee every every wednesday <laughs> you
0: sit on people's laps every wednesday that's for sure
1: <laughs> yeah i'm in the high council
0: so uh, this is the thing there isn't a universal group of agreed people. So when it comes to naming things... Maybe
1: when it, there
0: should be. <laughs> there fucking should be. Absolutely. There needs to be an international body of swingers that, that go, okay, this is what hot wife means. This is what stag and vixen means. This is Except what full that wife. would
1: be the international body of swingers would be IBS. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that's got quite the, quite the ring you want to. <laughs> when will the IBS next sitting? Um, Thursday? Um Okay. The-
0: the swinging, exhibiting.
1: Uh, you haven't got it. You can't do got it. Ex- You're going to have to stick with IBS. Yeah. So when is this IBS committee <laughs> sitting to discuss the next ridiculous symbol that exists in yeah, thing swinging this
0: world? Is, this is the thing. If there was a, uh, an agreed, if this is the, they'd never fucking agree. No one ever agreed. I mean, I remember when someone tried to pull together a, a united front for all the swinging podcasts out there. Oh, yeah. So I remember like, that. Three hours in, I shit you not, it turned it into it turned into a fucking shit show with people mm, arguing, and it did. Honestly, and and they just couldn't agree. They all hated each other, and it was just <laughs> bollocks. So, I I appreciate that that I am very pro Europe, and I like the idea of a unified body that supports and helps everybody and makes deci- or helps make decisions that are there for the people. I like that. There isn't a swinging one for that because no fucker would ever agree, and some hunt would get all the power go to the, their heads and it would just we create like swinging hitler and this would be the thing and it would be like where do they sit you know do we have bodies for the UK and then the the elected head of the UK swinging council goes to the states and meets up with the mexican head and the australian head and whatever i don't know this it, it's so this not going to happen but I would like a universally agreed system, which goes, okay, this is the one symbol, this is the one we've all voted on, we we all accept. It is a black ring on the left finger, or whatever. And then someone else says, well, actually, uh, you know, and the fruit is the pineapple, but it can only be displayed <laughs> upside down. And you're, in that, but then we start going into Euro territory, where your pineapple needs to be over forty centimeters <laughs> big, otherwise it's not considered a pineapple. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, and then go, okay, this is the lexicon, the agreed lexicon of how, and then someone could go, you know what would be even better if we all had one fucking app and then we could have this collective, collected app that works for every country, a universal system that's good for all.
1: It's the IBS app.
0: <laughs> and thus the Mr. H's communism agenda was, 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 was born. but, uh, but, but, so, that sort of stuff, I think, is just one of those things that is just never, ever going to happen. But it would be handy if you did. If someone said, you know what, there's just one app and everyone's on it and it does all the shit you need and you only need to pay
1: for one fucking thing. Oh, I don't know, this is like an episode of Black Mirror now. Maybe, I don't know, <laughs> where
0: everyone likes each other. But that sort of thing, where everyone had an agreed suite of stuff, would be so much more useful because we all spend half our time arguing over the hmm. difference between, I don't know, cuckolding and fucking stag and vixening. In, and in different Labels countries-
1: do seem to cause quite a lot of consternation, don't they? Nobody likes
0: them unless they have to use them. Yeah. And that's the thing. If you need to tell someone about something, you go, this is what this is called because it's easy and this bundles it up. But if you say, oh, you're a such and such, you're a stag and vixen couple, they're like, no, we're fucking not. We're this and this and this. We're stag and vixen with- with, you know, A,
1: B, start, There's the of grey yes, held within that. of course so, there are. Of and course, that's, you can't pigeonhole people like that. And that's that.
0: why my dream of the swinging utopia will never be possible.
1: Um, I was just emailing the IBS committee now. Oh, yes, I'm right. just going to see what they All say. Right. Okay. I shall lodge an application immediately to have uh, an, an official national flower of swinging. Oh, good. Uh, An official piece of jewellery. Yep. Official um,
0: grass.
1: Maybe um, an official brand that you can stamp on people's arm when they join the swinging club
0: card carrying. See, again, right? What if (laughs) there was a United Club approach where you paid membership for like a... a, Haven't you said
1: United Swingdom before? (laughs)
0: Like, come on. But you know what I mean? Like you you paid for like one, like one membership and that got you a discount into all the clubs rather than having...
1: Like a a Black Nando's card. Yes. Yes. I want one of those. You
0: don't get, well, you might get food, but then then Mm. everyone could, university, you could, there'd be like a standard. So every club had certain cleanliness, hygiene, and then food ratings and
1: like a five star ratings. Yes. Hygiene ratings. Yes, this this is important. These things need to be I've got a five star taco rating.
0: Oh I know <laughs> because that because
1: taco is the international food of the swingers. <laughs> <laughs> Like, this this is this this
0: could go places. This, this
1: mom's legs. It's honestly. basically
0: gonna be me yelling into a pit of darkness by myself, sat there going, "Why won't anyone <laughs> join my club? Why won't Because they... it's
1: called the IBS. Nobody <laughs> wants to join that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it's shit, literally. <laughs> right. Okay. okay. Do
0: you have any more? I, one more. Fucking <laughs> hell! All right, let's get this over with.
1: Uh, in terms of your black ring theory, though. Yeah. You were a little bit off, I'm afraid. Was I? Yeah. Okay. There, there actually isn't a huge amount of history to this one. It originated in 2004, from what I can see.
0: Yeah.
1: From uh, the information I have managed to find. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. You've made me laugh so much with the uh, International Swingers Committee. Uh, wait, enter. I- no, no, that's the ISC. That's a different. That's, that's a different You've created faction. a subgroup. <laughs> that's there's a another faction. There's a splinter group. Oh, my God. Oh. It's going to be like okay. West Side Story. <laughs> Uh, right. Okay. So yes, the black ring. So typically, it's worn on the right hand okay. on the fourth finger. So it's matching the matrimonial matrimonial band of the fourth finger on the left hand. But obviously, it has to be on a different hand because then it's because it's not marriage related. It's got to be opposite. So it's not clashing with matrimony. Okay.
0: This is already so um, complicated. And it's that-
1: a black ring because apparently, black they de- decided was a neutral colour. Okay. And so, Yeah. But and it was originated originally as a symbol of asexual identity.
0: I was going to say, there it, you go. It, it stems from a mm, number of things. It does. Asexuality is one. I think there is an autism black ring. I want to say or something like that. That okay. was a, that someone tried getting started a while ago. Mm. I now think they've got like a rainbow rainbow loop. I don't know. I okay. but yeah, fine. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Everyone gets <laughs> a Power Rangers ring and a Captain Planet ring. That's it.
1: <laughs> and a badge that says the IBS Society. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh I, my God.
0: That'll be it. it. <laughs> you go up to people, shake their hand in a funny way, like a stonemason or whatever, and like, you remember the Dodgy Tummy Society? Wink, wink. like, yeah, I'm a member of the IBS.
1: I'm yeah. the IBS committee. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are you on the Canadian branch? <laughs>
1: Yeah. So the last one. Yeah. Now I don't have information about this because I cannot find any. Okay. So I'm opening this up. All right. All right. Why does everyone chuck keys in a bowl? Where did the keys in the bowl actually properly originate from? Now I know it's synonymous with some 70s stuff, stuff generally, where there's this, um, you know, this, this myth that people went to parties in the 70s and um, chucked all the keys in a bowl, and it, it absolutely exists as a concept because people have done it. We know this because whether it's in jest or whether it's because it's on a, a TV show, just because they want to carry on with the myth that originated from somewhere. I, okay, but I don't know what actually started that. Why? I,
0: I and this is purely my speculation. Yeah. So we're on, I'm, I'm, I think this probably happened at a party, right? Just just I a party somewhere, it right? Did yeah, and someone. They were like, okay, we we want. Be, wouldn't it be cool if you didn't know who you're going to be partnered mm-hmm. with? Wouldn't that be exciting? And and maybe mm-hmm. it's like a group. I don't know, of eight, ten people, whatever. And they all know each other, and it's all cool. Let's, let's just assume that's where it started, right? And they're like, well, how do we know who is who? Well, everyone's got their cars here. Let's chuck the car keys into a bowl. I think that's probably what happened. It was a necessity. It was a a solution to a problem, and now we'd probably do it on an app cuz you know like cuz you know that's the way we roll in in modern life i'm
1: such a eye, i probably wouldn't
0: <laughs> yeah but like if, if, no one if, wants my car keys I was going to say your, your car keys have got more fucking keychains on them they probably kill
1: a person <laughs> like a if I threw them there's like a big furry thing stuck
0: to it. I think Thanos is on it There's yeah. a Lego man there's yeah. something else it's just there's a furry
1: thing yeah. there's a pride thing there's yeah. all, all, all sorts of shit, shit. it yeah. would actually kill you if I threw so it at you so it would
0: be very easy to go right I want to pick out Mrs H's and it would take car. up
1: about two thirds of the bowl yes
0: it would, all you the need other, a
1: really big bowl
0: all other keys would need a bow before that one so I think as a it's a, it's a really interesting one. I, as a concept, I'm, I'm not opposed to the idea, but I don't like the idea of doing it with people. I don't that like I don't
1: the execution like. of it, but I like the concept.
0: Yes. Yeah. So I don't care if it's keys or if it's a random pick. If there were, I don't know, eight couples there and I, I was attracted to all of the other mm-hmm. people and they were all attracted to us, mm-hmm. me, whatever, then actually that's that could work as a fun, oh, how's this going to go thing? right? I think if in a... In a party where you rock up and it was like, oh, chuck your keys in a bowl. Not that I've ever seen this happen, no. but if it were, and there were people in there that I didn't like, it would be the most horrific thing ever. Mm. And there's no way that. Well, I think some people would be interested in it. Like, I think it, some I think,
1: people would because the concept actually is a bit dangerous and a little bit out there, it's isn't a bit, it? It's a gamble,
0: and if you've got the any hole as a goal mentality, yeah, then, then you you're, might. You, you're, well, you're going to come a out with oh, all, you're going to take a punt and get what you get. Mm. Me, that sounds horrific. I
1: and mean, we've watched last whoever Stellas Lagos, yeah, the game whole game of keys thing on there, yeah. uh, uh, which is great. And and actually, the concept is is it all stems around this this the game is afoot now, and here's all the keys, and and we're sitting there going yelling at the TV, going, "No, don't do that! Why? know it's going to go wrong." But actually, we watched it and quite enjoyed it.
0: Well, as a, as a TV show, it's yeah, a fun fun concept. As a,
1: but it's funny that they've actually like this this whole concept has has spawned, you know, two two seasons of really sexy tv. <laughs> so
0: well, uh, you know, maybe a third, who knows. But I, you know, I think there's there's been rooms that we've played in where mm-hmm. I'd have happily done that and pulled out a name and and played with that person. That wouldn't have bothered right. me. But there's been rooms that I've played in where the uh, the concept of suggesting that horrifies me, <laughs> and and the the good thing about playing in a in a group dynamic is that you navigate that yourself, and you it's and of course it's okay to say no. But I think with a the game that is designed to put you with different people that you wouldn't necessarily bit or have a random chance it feels a little bit like consent kind of goes out the window, mm. um, and as a result I'm not it, it doesn't sit right with me in that, that environment. So group of friends where you all know and want to fuck each other. Great. Um, but I've never really encountered it in the world. No,
1: we, we haven't actually, we had a little, we poked a little bit of fun at it ourselves at a party once and we all had a laugh and. Someone gave us a bowl
0: made of keys, which and is it was, amazing. It was very nice. It, was it was very ornate. Good. Yeah.
1: I, I actually really like it. Yeah. But, very pretty.
0: But I think but in I, terms I still of... don't
1: know exactly if it actually does have an origin of sorts I, I think it must or if must it's literally just been urban peddled legend. urban legend I that's think, I grown mean, and
0: grown like many urban legends there's probably something that it stems from there's probably one party where something like that mm. did happen or something like similar happened I think it's
1: one that Kylie Minogue went to
0: no it's not the one that Kylie Minogue totally went to you totally
1: would be doing that if Kylie Minogue had a keys in a bowl
0: <laughs> depends what the risks were what are the other options uh, you see?
1: IBS is the risk at the yeah, moment yeah exactly <laughs> she's so, a member of that committee as well
0: I bet she is so I think, you know, I've never seen it happen. It's a risky, bold, it's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see how this yeah. pans out. <laughs> I, I would say that it, it probably stems risky. from risky business.
1: Um, okay. I
0: think this happened as a party somewhere, but it's rare for it to happen anywhere else. And I think it probably does happen, but I imagine it's very closed circuit groups rather than it being pure randoms turning up and seeing how it goes. That would be my take. All right. Right? Yeah. Are we done with myth busting?
1: Yes. Busting. I am spent.
0: <laughs> well, you're spent. I've done a lot of talking. So I know. thank Shut you, gentle up. listener. Yeah. <laughs> you've heard me ramble on for a while. I thought you'd like
1: an episode where just you could talk or you, baby.
0: Right, Mrs. H., then, since I've done all the talking, you hmm. can do the telling everyone about the two events that we've got coming up that they can buy tickets to. Shit, we have two? Yes.
1: Yeah, I well, know we have two. I'm yeah. just testing you. All right, then. Yeah, we do.
0: One of them sold. The no, we got, the we've, got, we've got
1: three. One sold out. so social?
0: Yeah, so it's pointless telling.
1: Yeah, Hit. but I want to brag about it. All right, we've hey, got everyone. a social. We've got a
0: social going on, yeah. and you can't come to it unless you've already got tickets because oh, it's fine, sold whatever. out. Yeah, anyway, Brilliant. So
1: the one there are two in July. Yes, uh, one of which is on the 15th of July, mm-hmm. and that is our Summer Nights. <laughs> uh, summer Nights party. Yep, yeah. and that's at Penthouse Playrooms. And that is about 70% sold out at the moment. I think so. Yeah. Uh, and so you can get your tickets on uh, Wanderlust Swingers uh, website on Twitter. Well, there'll be links on the show There's notes. links.
0: What is different about this particular event?
1: Oh, gosh. Uh, what is different about it? Oh, yes. Yes, we have a hotel. Well, we don't <laughs> literally have our own hotel. That would no. be really, like, baller move. But <laughs> <laughs> we've bought out... An entire hotel. Yes. So if you're going to the event and you want some accommodation um, to get that through us, then you're guaranteed a room in the hotel, a host hotel. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I've never heard of this in the UK before. It's quite popular the hotel in the States. Take, the hotel takeover? The hotel takeover? doesn't I've happen. I've never seen Not one, a big hotel. Not a big hotel. We've mm-hmm. seen like smaller, like yeah, 10 room like things. Yeah, like 10 rooms. But this is a fucking gigantic, ah, properly sized hotel. So if you're mm-hmm. coming along to the event... You can also purchase hotel tickets. I think they're like 110
1: quid yeah.
0: plus a fee. So it's pretty good rate for the mm. area.
1: I and mean, they're nice rooms. Nice rooms. Good hotel. And we'll get you
0: good. to the venue.
1: Oh yeah. And there'll be transport to the venue as and well. And the pre
0: is at the hotel yeah. as well. So you don't even have to travel. You can just chuck your sexy shit on, get ready and wander downstairs. I mean, technically and Technically you're having
1: two parties. Yeah. One's very... Very nice and polite. I'm having a pre-party. <laughs> you know, it's party some nice just drinks, for me. some canapes, like a nice pre-little mingle. Yep. And then you get on the party bus, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, then you mm-hmm. go to the venue and have a bigger party. Yes. Yeah. All the people. Okay. So, so that is the hot summer night. That's the hot summer night. And then the second one is on the 28th of July, mm-hmm. and that is a four-day event, and that is in Holland, Ooh. Netherlands. So, and again, we are... Uh, collaborating with the lovely Kate and Daryl from Wanderless Swingers. Cool. And uh, that is much more limited in the amount of tickets available because it's just a much smaller trip. It's not like for hundreds of people.
0: It's a much bigger trip.
1: Well, you know what I mean? It's not like loads of people. (laughs) For less people. (laughs) Yeah. And it's going to be very, very cultural. We're going to be going on some trips. We're going to go for some dinner. We're going to go to two clubs, not one, but two. Fata Morgana and Fun for Two. Mm Mm-hmm and there's going to be some dinners and drinks thrown into that some travel some you know canal boat tours all sorts of stuff all i think sorts this of is gonna,
0: i'm so looking forward I'm to really this i'm really excited
1: as well. about it it's, it's, it's um i love uh, the netherlands and i really love hanging out with nice people as well so it's an ideal trip to take in a bit of culture and also enjoy some of the party vibe in holland <laughs>
0: right then so now that we've talked about the myths and we've yes. busted a few yeah. we've talked about the events and talked mm. about them and what you know, how to get onto them, yeah. how to get your tickets, put the show notes or just, you know, DM us or whatever it is that you need to do. Send an owl. So,
1: we have a little owl at we, the moment.
0: We, we, we don't. I've adopted it. He's outside somewhere mm-hmm. and we can hear him every now and then driving the cat. Nuns.
1: I've totally adopted yeah. him. Anyway. He's yeah, called Flynn.
0: Flynn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> right. Well, Mrs. H, do your thing.
1: Well, thank you for hopping into our bed.
0: So Flynn's the owl.
1: Yes. Don't Um, laugh at me. And
0: what does he sound like?
1: Oh, he doesn't talk.
0: What does he, uh, does he make a noise?
1: Of course he makes a bloody noise. He's been hooting for the last bloody week. Like what? (laughs)